talking about phosphorus, we're talking about new products, we're talking about something that can help you get more phosphorus uptake in your plants. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced drainage systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. James Patterson, one of the founders of Agrotech USA, tells me, really, let's face it, we get excited about biologicals, we get excited about micronutrients, but still, in large part, crop production comes down to getting your N, P, and K right. And sometimes you've got a lot of P out there, but it's not getting in the plants. And that's where his company, Agrotech USA, comes in. Kevin Matthews, one of the founders of Extreme Ag, joins me from East Bend, North Carolina, as does Temple Rhodes, one of my favorite guys, an affiliate with Extreme Ag. He's from the Eastern Shore of Maryland, and he's going to be using some of this new product and telling you what they expect to see, but also what they have done in the past. Agrotech USA has been a partner of ours for two years now. Kind of a neat story. Give us the quick background on Agrotech USA's NutriCharge, uh, James, because it was Rob Dedman, who's now working for you. He was working as a, a contract agronomist with Matt Miles when he came across the session, heard about NutriCharge and said, that's exactly the problem we have. We've got pee in our soils, but we're not getting it up in our plants. And so going to give me that little background, then take us to, to today. Yeah, I mean, he reached out to us. It was actually, uh, we'd done some research. So we did six years of consecutive research down in North Carolina, and we were looking at trying to be able to make phosphorus available. Our company, we're built on that. So we have a patent around trying to enhance phosphorus fertilizer availability in the soil. Of anything a farmer does today, it's the least efficient thing. When you talk about, you know, in a perfect situation, perfect soil type, perfect pH, you're getting 25% of what you put in. It's not a very good return. So what we did is we developed a patent around a product that could go in with phosphorus fertilizer and more than double the single season availability of it, which gives a lot more phosphorus available to the plant and gives growers a better return on investment for their phosphorus applications. So Rob is essentially the one that gets credit for bringing you to us and with Miles Farms. And they had this issue where they, they, they said, man, it's a limiting factor. We're just fostering the hell out of this field, but we're still not getting the bump. And then they experiment with your product and it was kind of a big deal. Like it saved, basically it didn't save money. It just utilized money they were already spending. Is that the way to put it? Yeah, I mean, if you've got phosphorus in your soil, we talked about phosphorus that you add being inefficient. Well, the phosphorus in your soil is even less efficient. You're talking 1% to 2% of all your phosphorus in your soil being available at any one time and 80% of it being completely unavailable. So, you know, if you've got a soil test out there and you've got 40 ppm of phosphorus in your soil, you've got around 180 pounds of P2O5. And when fertilizer, when phosphorus is around $1,000 a ton, that's a lot of money locked up in your soil and unavailable. So... What we do is we work with phosphorus fertilizer, but we also work with the plant's natural function. The plant itself is a good scavenger. It's releasing acids from its roots. It's making phosphorus available to the plant to pull it up. The problem is, is those little pH changes 
mean very little on a per acre because in an acre of soil you've got so much soil that buffers out that change and you don't get the maximum uptake what we do when we're in that root zone is we help make that phosphorus to the plants getting out of the soil more efficient by allowing it the time to get into the plant rather than get fixed into the soil uh by the way that was that was as simplified as you can make it it still is a touch over my head but that's because i don't do what they do every day i'm going to go to my farm guys uh temple and kevin james just described it does it work so um yeah it works you know that the the beauty of you know extreme ag is is we're we're doing all these trials and we're putting it in every variation we possibly can put it um and in my region, you know, we have two different scenarios. We have guys that have real high PPMs and they can't put on any uh, phosphorus. We got guys that have low PPMs because it doesn't have any chicken litter on it. And we're only required, we can, our requirements are that we can only put on but so much because of regulations. So in both scenarios, we need to make every ounce count, right? So this kind of product uh, releasing pea into that plant, it works very, very well. And what we're finding out Again, in XA, being able to, to produce all these trials, what we're finding is, is we can use it multiple um, times throughout the season, and we can actually stack this thing. So we can release some of the phosphorus early season, get it into the plant. We can then go back in later on in the season, and we can really we can put some more out there, and we can release it again in like a wide drop application, for instance. You know, we saw tremendous results from that. We're finding out that, you know, 70, 75% of the phosphorus that we need, the, that plant's requirements is, is in the reproductive stages. You know, that last quarter that we're talking about. And if we can get that and we can stack that into the plant, we can carry that whole season. You know, one of the reasons that, you know, I guess I should say we're getting better at our jobs is, is we're learning to spoon feed this crop at uh, stages all throughout its life and knowing what that crop needs. And these things, knowing what it needs at what stage really works out very well for us. All right, so Kevin's nodding his head about spoon feeding and you're talking about putting uh, NutriCharge out at reproductive stage, which is obviously well into the season uh, temple. And you're saying that that helps us get phosphorus that was already made available. One of the outlines before we actually hit the record button was we were going to talk about to treat or not to treat in furrow. And I think what we're really needing to ask then is, does this NutriCharge product have a place being put in at time of planting? And maybe, Kevin, you can address that. Yeah, and Temple's 100% right. That's part of the spoon feeding process is you're going to start at planting in furrow is where I like to put the product. Um, it's very economical. We, this will be our third year with it. It's uh, one of two products that we found on our farm to never have a, it's never had a failure. I mean, we, we've we used this one product from Agritech USA. We, you know, we've tried it on thousands of acres now, and we've yet to see it not have a positive ROI. It's one thing for it to make yield, and, and it's nice to make yield, but the fact is, is when you can put a, you know, a few ounces of something, it's, so you ain't got no bulk containers, you ain't having to have another shuttle on the tender truck, and you can throw a case or two of NutriCharge on and plant a lot of acres in furrow, depending on the rate that you're running a fertilizer. But we are just so hard to get the phosphorus into the plants 
uh, we can put all the commercial grade stuff out there we want to, and we just we struggle to get it in the plant and metabolize it. And uh, once Rob got me to, you know, he told me about the product and being they plant before we do that first year, he took and um, got the tissue samples back to prove that it was getting up in the plant quickly from that planting time application. So we immediately got hold of some and uh, ended up going to try a couple hundred acres. And I think the first year we ended up with about close to a thousand acres. And then last year, every acre of corn got it. This year, every acre of soybeans and corn have it. We will have a tender trailer set up so that we can easily put the infra uh, and the tube of two on the soybeans. We've always had the capability on the planter, but we've just been limited on getting, there's just so many products to take to the field. So we're building a new trailer just for the fact that we can run the NutriCharge and some other products in Fura on the soybeans now. All right. And so in your first years of doing the the, the stuff, NutriCharge, that is, after Rob Dedman made the discovery. By the way, uh, James, you should probably thank him. Uh, so uh, after Rob Dedman made the discovery. Don't swell too much, Rob. After Rob Dedman made the discovery and brought, brought this new discovery called NutriCharge via Agrotech USA to us, uh, the Miles the Miles Farms was the first to use it. Did they put it in in furrow, James, or did they just go out there and use it uh, uh, post emergent as a as a spoon feed? No, in furrow first. So that that was the idea, I think, and that was the initial premise from an ROI perspective on our product. It's absolutely the most effective way to do it because it does two things. You get it in there early. And we talk about infura additives. You know, there's a lot of great infura additives in the market. So, I, you know, I can I can name a number of them. You know, anytime there's a lot of Fulvix, Humix, you can add PGRs, you can add microbiology. These things are all good tools. And we've actually seen through this and working at the high level, we've seen great synergies with other products in that tank as well. But they used it infura first. And then, you know, because this is the first time that, you know, and Rob will say this, this is the first time he was able to actually apply something and see it in his tissues. So then that led him to the next question. And and the one question that we talk about is the reason we put it in furrow in the first place is because in furrow is the most effective way to apply phosphorus because you're concentrating it close to the roots because phosphorus doesn't move in your soil. It just fixes. And in order for the plant to take it up, the roots actually have to touch the phosphorus. It has to intersect it. So we put it in furrow because it has the greatest chance of being able to affect the plant. So now he said, well, and actually called me and he said, maybe we can have a look at this because we haven't been applying late season feed. Like we, we wide drop and we wide drop nitrogen to time it to the crop's demand. And as Temple said earlier, Temple said 75% of your total P requirements comes after V10 and corn. So if all your P is required later in season, he said, and you can keep it available, let's, let's have a go. And so he did this later as well. And he was able to see that stacking effect on getting P into the plant later. And then obviously that stacked the effect of the product in terms of ROI for him as well. All right. So you, uh, you, you've got the, the, the farmers of extreme ag convinced that uh, we're going to do this, but the, the question was to treat or not to treat in furrow. It sounds like that's a foregone conclusion. And Kevin's going to modify his, his tender trailer that goes to the field at time of planting, because this is now going to be, is this going to be standard practice, Kevin? Yeah, it's already standard for corn, and this it's absolutely will be standard for soybeans. Um, every acre of soybeans will get it, and 
Yeah, and we still will. People say, well, you need a check without it. Uh, I just I ain't going to risk not having it. I mean, I just I can't afford not to have it in there after it makes me money. If I can't prove it wrong after the thousands of acres I put it on for the last two years, right? Um, I just um, and what's so cool about it is is the fact that you know Dr. Heidegger at NC State's done so much research and he's not had a failure with the product. Then we go to you know to Maryland to Temple. Temple's not had a failure with the product. Then we go to other areas of the United States and it's working there. And I. I don't think James will disagree, but it's very rare to see a product that performs across such a wide geographical environmental situation. So they, they're on to something here. I, he needs to let us know and we'll, we'll black label the jug or something and patent it. <laughs> <laughs> so so an, answer me this uh, temple for you. Um, one of the things that we wanted to cover was how you'll go about using it. Cause there's people that are listening and watching and they're like, man, I've heard about this now twice on extreme ag. I, I don't even know for sure how I'd go about using this. Just take us through this season, how you're going to use NutriCharge. And again, it's really about phosphorus. And I like the fact that if you haven't listened dear listener, Eastern shore, Maryland, he has been, Temple has been having to manage phosphorus and inputs for a lot longer from an environmental uh, scrutiny standpoint than any of the rest of us. And that's because of the Chesapeake Bay watershed. So when he said early on in this recording that you got farmers that have high pea soils and then and, and the kids have had chicken litter put on every year, three times a year for the last 50 years, and you got fields that don't have it, but it but a product like this works in both places because the one it helps you actually utilize and extract the phosphorus you got, and the other ones is going to help you find phosphorus you don't have. I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of what you said, right, Temple? Yeah, that's right. So um, let, let's go back. You know, we, we talked about this ROI thing, you know, and um, we stacked it so many different places. We even tried to in furrow and in the two by two. So there, there's a, the same result happens is if in all the testing that I did and it's replicated trials after trials of just in furrow and just in the two by two. And every time that we do those two, those two, it's absolutely no difference in yield. The yield difference is the same. It's the yield, the yield bump is exact. Um, we tried to stack them and do in furrow and two by two. There, yes, there was a yield bump and there was a difference, but the ROI wasn't there. You know, we told you Extreme Ag will tell you the truth. And the truth is, is double stacking them all up front. That was not uh that was not a ROI. We didn't get the cost effectiveness back out of that. But just in furrow really worked. So my, or in just a tube or two, just one or the other, just not both. So my standard protocol this year is going to be um, in furrow. And then I'm going to come back. And when we drop the Y drop, we're going to put NutriCharge in that one as well, because we saw such tremendous results with that. We got another big bump and that was, that was huge. It'll be in my soybeans the same way. Wait, let's go to the, let's go to, to the corn. Hey, let's go to the corn real quickly. It'll go for, for corn. It's going to go in for a time of planting, and then you won't use NutriCharge again until wide drop. And is that that thing yes. we talked about, a phosphorus need for a corn plant, 75% of it happens from V10 on is what James said. Is that about when, the way yeah. you're thinking of timing it? 
So keep in mind, you know, we, we always talk about being proactive versus reactive. If we're reactive, we're losing money, right? So I'm proactively, before we get right into the, um, the reproduction stage, I'm going to release some more of that phosphorus that's tied up in my soil, and I'm going to get it back into that plant again. And that's the response that we had. So um, that's exactly what we're going to do. Okay, so the V, the the Y drop, you're essentially thinking of timing that around that pre V10 timeframe. Yep. Okay, that's exactly right. What else goes now, in that? What else goes in that mix? Um, it's usually like a 28005, um, and then it'll be a bunch of other things, sugars, and you know, go back to what James was saying again. There's synergy between all these things, sugars and humics and fulvics, and when you when you add, you know, and biology, you know, we're James will touch on that in a minute. You know, we did a trial last year where James sent me some biology up here and we added it with the NutriCharge and we got a huge bump from that. That's, these are all these things that we're finding out, you know, and doing all these testing where that synergy, it's a real thing. That is real, real um, live version. It's crazy the, the things that we're finding out. But, you know, and if we can jump to some of these other crops, you know, we're, we're mainly talking about corn because, you know, corn's a whole trail, but I grow a lot more than corn on my farm. We grow soybeans and we grow wheat. I'm using NutriCharge on my infurrow on my soybeans. I'm using NutriCharge on my, uh, my first pass out there in the field with my wheat. This and it's made big differences, and all this has been tested, and we're just we're coming up with more and more of it. And I think for our area, you know, um, when we can get more phosphorus out of our soil, and for to make our phosphorus extremely efficient, you know, it, it's such a big difference. And what does phosphorus do? Every time you release phosphorus into the plant, it creates a different plant. You know, that plant also it's going to grow a better root system. It drives energy into the plant so it allows it to take up more of the other nutrients to get in, them into the plant so it's a balance effect where it drags all of these things in i hey, think that's way, what uh first off i like all that kevin we once recorded me and temple and chad and they took the microphone from me and i just sat on the sidelines and watched for a while temple just tried to do that to me again because i was going to try and come to you and ask you about how you're using it because we were going to lead off on the inferno thing so let's go to what temple led off with corn you're going to use it essentially the exact same way, put it in furrow and then come back with a, a Y drop or a, a treatment around that before it goes to that, that veg, that reproductive stage. Yeah. I mean, you're hundred percent right. Temple should have just kept on running with it because he does such a great job. And that was an awesome podcast when they took over from you. So <laughs> All right. So you're going to do the same thing on corn and then Temple got into beans. And I want to go back to how he uses it on wheat as well, but on beans, you're going to put it in furrow. And then how do you go about, when do you apply it? And how do you go about applying it for treatment too? Uh, so for us, we're going to go in furrow on the soybeans and we're going to walk away from it. And, you know, that's, we're going to do everything up front. Okay. Um, you'll use it twice. You'll use it twice on corn and furrow. And then again, uh, before reproductive and then soybeans is going to go in furrow and that's it. Yeah. We hadn't tried it on our farm and the reproductive temple. He done that. And that's, that's one of the beauties with X XA is, you know, one of us is busy doing one thing and the other and can try something else. And then end year, or maybe during season, we get talking about what we've done and what we're seeing. And that helps us decide because you got to face it. You get, you know, people say things work and don't work. 
But at the end of the day, what is the quality of that work? Yeah. Is it work that you can trust? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just hosted a big group here earlier. I won't, um, they was with USDA and, and research, but it was so interesting. They was talking about the research farm that they're managing. They're trying to make decisions for farmers out there. And when they told me they was having trouble with weed escape on their corn, I said, well, you know, when are you spraying? Well, they got talking. They told how big the corn was. And I said, my gosh, how many days between your, you know, pre-emerge, your burn down, your clean application and your post. And when they told me, I said, you know, you've not, I, I, what are you thinking? So these guys are telling farmers what to do and there's no way what they're doing is going to work. It, it, it's so behind. And so when you got someone like Temple, you got Matt Miles, all these guys out there, when they call you and say, hey, this works, you know, sometimes I don't, I just don't, I ain't going to go out there and do the whole crop, but I might do 200 acres instead of 20 during reproduction and see how it does. But so it's just the value of the information you're getting. And when Temple says it works, and, and we're not that far apart, what, we're five hours apart, Temple, maybe? Something yeah, like, most. Not, not that far. And, um, you know, it's it's really interesting to me this year. So when we go to do our Y-drops, I'm quite certain there's going to be some NutriCharge in there. Temple, about what the, we were saying there, are you going to do a second treatment on soybeans, or is it just going to go in furrow and that's it? So I'm going to, what I'm going to do is we plant some soybeans in 30 inch um, rows and we plant some in, um, in 15 inch rows. So on my 30 inch rows, I am going to go back in there and I'm going to make another drop to see if I can get a response. You know, I'm going to do it on, on trial only. Um, but that's, that's something new for me. You know, uh, if I can figure out how to get Kevin talked in with his 20 inch planner to go in there with his skinny tires on his, on his and put wide drops in there and to be able to lay in between there, I think we can make it work on 20 inch beans and get that much better of a bump in yield. And this is all stuff that Kevin and I are talking about. He's it's better with, with engineering stuff out there to get, you know, to change the, change the, the protocol for all of us. Simple question here, uh, James. And remember for the person that's like, okay, I've never heard of this product before in my life. And again, it's not, we're not here to pitch prop here to talk about stuff that works. And, and it, basically it's a goal, all boils down to extracting phosphorus, from the soil that's there getting getting phosphorus out of your soil and into your plant does this does this product have to touch the soil when he goes in when temple goes in on his experiment and puts it over soybeans it's got to get down to the soil right it can't just if it hits a plant it doesn't do you any good right yeah absolutely it's gotta it's gotta hit the soil so we talked about different ways of doing it with them and experimenting we've got a dry version of it that we might coat on some map or dap and fly it over his soybeans and Again, it's just just that this has been so great working with these farmers because the ability to be able to look at things that we never thought were possible with phosphorus all comes down to timing and experience for these guys. And they're trying to push the envelopes on yields and we're learning more about how we can manage phosphorus. And sometimes that means unconventional applications, um, putting it through the pivot with nutrients late, flying nutrients on late, using it but it, it has to hit the soil. That's what we're affecting. We're affecting phosphorus that hits the soil and the plant's ability to, to pull phosphorus out of the soil. 
And I guess I didn't know this. I'm just thinking the whole time it's liquid. And you just talked about it being a granular that can be flown on. Therefore, it it, it dribbles down and gets down to the soil and then gets, gets uh, you know, solubilized at some point. So it's a dry product as well. Well, we have the NutriCharge. NutriCharge molecule itself is in our dry product. We have a product called Ionize, which is a dry powder for dry fertilizer coating. And it gives you the same concentration of NutriCharge that you would apply with liquids, but it enables us to treat granular fertilizer as well. So there's a lot of areas that use granular as starters as well. They'll put it underneath the seed. And this gives them the opportunity to get a similar response, you know, from a liquid if they're set up for dry. That's the important information right there. So if I want to do infuro and I'm somehow not able to do it with a liquid infuro, I can use a dry product from you and make the and still get the same bump. Yeah, you can. And I mean, one of the tests we did last year, this is a really important question. There's a lot of guys. We have this quite frequently. They're not set up to handle liquids and they don't have liquid set up, but they'd like to get the effect. You know, last year at NCSU, it was driven by a researcher there. He said, hey, you know, I if we've seen phosphorus move and we've seen phosphorus be less more available, can we actually go in and can we surface apply 1034-0 over a corn plant? And let's compare it against a two by two and let's compare it against a pop-up. When he did that last year at NCSU, it outyielded both the two by two and the pop up without NutriCharge. So he was able to get a starter response from applying phosphorus to the soil. So this, you know, if a guy's not set up, he could come in and ban this. He could ban it or he could uh, apply it over the top. We've got guys that do ridge till and they can actually apply NutriCharge with nitrogen in front of the planter and they're spraying that, spraying, spraying that planting bed and then planting in behind it. And you're going to get a response of the phosphorus in the soil in that way. So, it, you know, we're just trying to get this product to the soil in and around planting and then the rest takes care of itself. Temple, you were getting ready to say something and uh, feed off of that. And I have another question for you about wheat. Go ahead. You can just answer the question. I'm going to, I'll, I'll chime in at the end for what well, my question saying about wheat was since you and Chad did a three hour recording about how to produce a trophy winning wheat, which is funny. They didn't even win the trophy. Did they Kevin Matt miles won the trophy, but yet somehow the send it twins, Chad and temple are doing a two hour dissertation on how to grow. You got to wait a minute. Wait, 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 Damien. You got to remember who Matt got all his information from. He got everything from me and Chad <laughs> because it's been so long That's before he grew his That is a fact. <laughs> all right. So um, you gave uh, you gave a lot of information about wheat, but you didn't talk about this. How are you going to use NutriCharge? You're talking about now. Obviously, your wheat's already in the field. It's already growing. It's it's we're recording this on March second for crying out loud. So that wheat is already. Uh, kind of an, about ready to come out of dormancy, right? And it's uh, six inches tall. So how are you going to use NutriCharge to get phosphorus into the wheat plant this spring? So we use um, banding nozzles on our sprayers. You know, uh, we get them from Penair. So uh, that banding nozzle looks kind of like a shower head and it, it lays streams down them. You know, some people call them streaming nozzles, banding nozzles, whatever it may be, but each nozzle, instead of it coming out in the emulsified spray, the way that a lot of people top dress wheat um, with liquid around here, it's a nozzle that basically bands the fertilizer in like a shower pattern. It's each one of them has six holes in it. So when I mix that NutriCharge with that fertility, I don't get a, it goes straight to the soil and goes straight to the dirt. So I can uptake it like that. And uh, we made our first pan, uh, uh, 
uh, trial on that last year. We had a 200 acre farm and we split it right directly in half last year. And when we split it in half, um, when we were, at, where it got next to each other, it was a, I think it was a 19 or 20 bushel difference right at the line where it, uh, that whole farm, that 100 acre trial on that farm of 100 acres versus a check versus a treated, the overall average was I think 11 bushels um, total. So it was, that's tremendous for, for that, um, that difference in yield like for that. So that is something that definitely is going into our general standard practice this year, a hundred percent. And that's the way that we're gonna, that's the way we've already applied it. When will you, just for the curiosity for this wheat thing, cause you already found, you you said that you did a hundred acres with hundred acres without last year, hundred acres one out. It's now going to be standard practice. When are you putting this on? I'm putting it on my first my first trip in the field. So up here, we can't apply fertilizer on our growing wheat crop until March 1st. So March 1st is our first day that we're allowed to apply any fertility at all. So that very first time that we're in there, we're putting it on. And that's kind of like, a, you know, maybe is it a starter treatment? I don't know. But I'm basically, again, what what does NutriCharge help the phosphorus do? Phosphorus does what? Phosphorus gets energy into the plant, helps build root system. So that first go round, I'm trying to get that in early in the season. Okay. And by the way, uh, it's March 2nd while we're recording this. And right now you'd go out and do it, but you probably are too wet. So when you get dry enough to go across the field, you're going to be doing this. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be, and it's going to be fertilizer and it's going to be it's going to be fertilizer and it's going to be NutriCharge. Yep, that's exactly right. Got it. All right. He's got guests coming in. If you're watching, you see Temple's getting invaded in his office and he's got a barking dog that apparently Caroline's not taking care of. But let's go over here. And exactly. We got one last thing to talk about. You've got a, you've got a new product coming up. You've got a new product coming up that's uh, going to take the technology that you've already pioneered and then take it to the next level. So tell us about that and we'll get out of here. Yeah, I mean, it, largely this has been driven by you know what Temple's facing up in his area. There's a lot of ground in the states that gets heavy loads of livestock manure that has really, really high pea levels. And you know, one of the things we don't know is that when we get these really high pea levels, it creates adverse interactions in soil. You can actually end up with a nitrogen deficiency because you've got too much phosphorus in your soil. So, what we did is, you know, we wanted to find a product or create a product where guys you know, have these high P levels, don't apply a lot of phosphorus that can help them mine and extract phosphorus out of the soil. So the product that it's called NutriCharge Release uses the same NutriCharge technology, but the difference here is what we're doing is we're at, we've got an organic acid in there that's going to break and free up the phosphorus that's fixing the soil. So the first thing we need to do is get that phosphorus in a free form. The next thing is we put NutriCharge in there, basically in the middle to sandwich it and to stop them from binding back together. So whatever we release from the soil will be available. And then the third thing we're adding is we've got some phosphorus solubilizing bacteria that we know will colonize the root system very well. And that bacteria is going to help convert more phosphorus and help drive it into the plant. So what we wanted to do was kind of complete the circle for high pea grounds and and this can be a product that can be banded on or put in a two by two, can replace fertilizer and can help these guys with some of the challenges of having high P in their soils. Uh, by the way, Kevin, you said when we started, before we started, uh, you wish you had this problem, meaning you wish you had a problem of too much uh, phosphorus that you couldn't get into your plant. Do you have a need for what James just described? Do you see, I mean, you're already using the stuff. You've already been sold on the results of using what exists. Does this next iteration of 
their product have an appeal or a place for you? It wouldn't for the acres I farm. I've got some neighbors with a lot of dairy manure that it would definitely work for them. And some of the poultry litter guys, it's years and years of poultry litter. It's almost got too, too high levels that that's definitely going to be a benefit for those guys. But that two inches of topsoil I farm in, I, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> All right, his his name's his name's Kevin Matthews, uh, and uh, he's one of the founders of Extreme Ag. Temple, thanks for being here, my friend. Um, we're going to be able to check on this stuff, and we don't have any trials per se, do we, James? Are we doing anything on a trial basis? We are at uh, Temple's with this new product, yep. right? Yep, there'll be several locations. Matt's going to be doing some work with it, and yep. And so he didn't want to do none. Product have a name. He didn't want to do none. My place, my soles are too too thin. Yeah, we don't have a place. Is there, is, there a, is there a name on this product, James? Yeah, it's called NutriCharge Release. By the way, thanks for being here, everybody. James Patterson, if anybody wants to learn more about this, where do they go? AgrotechUSA.com. Agrotech, AgrotechUSA.com. He's named James Patterson. Thanks for being here. Until next time, it's Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve with me, your host, Damian Mason. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.Farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions. 